Well, hello there, everyone. What a special edition of the Jan Arden podcast show and variety hour we have for you right now. Um, if you look up Alicia Cuthbert, because that's who we have here today. If you go, uh, like Google her, have you ever Googled yourself, Alicia? <laughs> uh, yeah, briefly. <laughs> Brief, I'm not going to lie. I, I think I've seen a few things of, you know. Well, Alicia and Cuthbert Fanouf, because that's Dion's last name. You're married to a hockey player. Let's just get that right out of the bag right freaking now. Um, it says here that you're a Canadian actress and model, and you are w- one of the most beautiful women, like in person. I remember seeing you for the first time in the Jan trailer for season two, and you were sitting in the makeup chair. You are a stunning looking human. You had no makeup on. You were just starting on the journey to become Liz, which is the character you play in the show. That's the best part. That's the best part where you go from a blank canvas uh, to like something that is not of yourself, you know? And I don't know if you feel like that. I mean, obviously you're playing yourself, but really not. You're playing a, I think a version of, or a, a, a heightened version of, well, I'd like to hear what you think of it, but you know, you get in there and you create this, you get to do this with wardrobe and makeup and hair and yeah. you find this, this whole new you, which is interesting. Cause even if you're playing yourself, you're never really, cause I used to do that with popular mechanics for kids going back really a long time. And I was myself and I was hosting this kid's show and it was never really me. Cause I, I mean, I, you, you know, you're on when the camera's on you're so it's a version of yourself. But it's not totally you, but it's, um, yeah, it's a fun, it's a really fun process. But you've been acting your whole friggin' life. You were a kid. And the funny thing is, is that you're from Calgary. You and I are from the same hometown. Yeah. Yes. Alberta girls. And you still have family here. Yeah. A lot of family. A lot of, actually all of it. I don't have any family in the U.S. really. No. So it's. Do you need me to drive by and check in on them? Like, should I throw toilet paper at their front door? How are they doing? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I was scared for my parents during that whole yep. thing. I mean, less now because I, I feel like they've gotten their first vaccines, which is great. And so is my husband's parents. So I'm feeling a little bit more at ease about it all, but man, I, I, you know, I just didn't know if they were in a state to, that they were able to handle it. If it, if it hit them, you know what I mean? So I was just, I was really concerned more for them than myself. Um, but yeah, it's starting to, the light at the end of the tunnel, I'm starting. Oh, for sure. To, yeah. Listen, you got, you're in California right now, correct, Amando? Yeah. Okay, well, you guys are doing way freaking better than us. Alberta, Alberta has become the new uh, COVID armpit of the world. We've got like, I don't know, 2,800 cases a day or something. And our premier finally, but you guys, I, I'm looking online, maybe I'm, going bananas here, but it looks like people in LA are outdoor patios and yeah, going to little shows. And, and yeah. I mean, there's, there's something happening down there. Yeah. I went to Disneyland with my daughter yesterday. No, I did. Tell me everything. Kate, okay, walk us through Disneyland. I mean it, Alicia, this is, I know. <laughs> I know. And by the way, I'm like one more set of mouse ears away from being like a super fan. Like I, I am like die hard. I think Dion and I enjoyed it more than our daughter yesterday. <laughs> like <laughs> she was like, you know, she's almost four, but she, we, we walk into the park and it's, and the best thing about Disneyland right now is it's only open to California residents. Okay. So it's, and it's only at 25% capacity. So it was like we had the park to ourselves. What could be better than that? Like that's almost like a, a VIP pass yeah. into yeah. Disney heaven. 25% capacity. That's what everyone prays for. It was a joke. There was no lines. There was, it was, we, we, we were, uh, Dion and I's jaw were, were both on the ground. We were like, where are we right now? This is like, so we get in there and we're like, we see Mickey and the, the characters are at a distance. They're not, you can't go up to them at this point, but they have like a little spot where they kind of go up to and you can kind of six feet away, take a picture from a distance, but they're still there and they're waving. Yeah. And you see Nikki and Dion and I are like, Oh my God, it's Mackie. And my daughter just freezes and is like, 
okay, you guys are nuts. <laughs> is, is everybody in masks, Alicia Cuthbert? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. You have to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's in R- masks. Rides open? Rides are open, but only rides that are exposed to, like, outside. There's not a lot of indoor rides. Um, and what like, the hell are I mean, the indoor rides? Like, well, like Pirates, just Pirates of the Caribbean? Is exactly. that an indoor, that's an indoor ride? Okay. Yeah, okay. that would be an indoor ride. But, but the thing is, there are some indoor rides. Like, It's a Small World is technically an indoor ride. But you get your own if you're like if you're a group of four like we were a group of four with uh three including my daughter four they give you your own little raft so you don't you don't share it with anyone and then they're wiping them down so it's like they if you if they can accommodate your group then the the rides are open for for the indoor rides so yeah it was uh it was a very Did it feel event. like a little bit of normalcy yeah. Like a glimmer. It must've been so hopeful. It must've been such a fun day. Now lunch. Did you have lunch? You must've had snacks. Yeah, we had lunch. I had, I had to make a pre sort of reservation. So there's a oh. lot of this reservations and uh, because they have to keep re- the restaurants at a certain capacity, but the, it's outdoor dining. You, once you get to your table, you can take your mask off to eat and drink, but um but that's it. And then once, once you leave, mask back on. And every, everyone was really, um, it was shockingly calm and people were very respectful. And I think people were just so excited to be out and doing something with their kids or just, yes. you know, it was, it was really, it, it was hopeful and it was special. And it was so nice to be able to make some memories. Like we're back at making some memories together as a family, you know, it was really sweet. Sapphire doesn't really know it's COVID. Like she sees, does she have a mask on? Do they make four-year-olds wear masks or are the kids okay? Yes. Cause it's three, I think it's two and under three. And under. So she's in the mask zone. She has to wear the mask. But the thing is, that's all she's known. I mean, as she's gotten older through this, I mean, the development between like two years old to almost three and, four yep. is so huge. Yep. And so the masks have been her life. And it was, this is so funny. You're going to laugh. So Mr. Incredible, because the Incredibles is a Disney. I love, they're my favorite. It's Zaphire's favorite too. So we see, do we not see the dad, Mr. Incredible? And he's like (laughs) in his like muscle suit and no one's around. The poor guy is like, you know, just posing for himself. But then we kind of stroll by. And Dion's like, oh, I got to get a picture. This is so funny. So we take a picture of Dion sort of in front of him and they're doing the muscle, you know, the arm muscle flex. And my daughter with her mask on finds another mask because we always have like a ton on us just in case one drops. Yeah. And she lifts it up to Mr. Incredible like, here, you need a mask, sir. Oh, that's the cutest. Whoa. Let me put that on for you right now. He was laughing. He was kind of belly laughing because he was like, you're right. Because in the costumes, they can't, they don't wear masks. They're in a giant walking mask. Exactly. But she's like, sir, you don't have a mask on. Here's a fun fact for you. You know where Callaway Park is on the Trans-Canada Highway heading out to Banff in Calgary? Yeah. Yes. Heard of Callaway Park, right? Yes. Well, when they first built that, I was just like in 11th grade at Springbank Community High School. So it was like a mile from our high school. Like the park is in the middle of nothing. It's on the Trans-Canada Highway. Um, I was, I got a summer job and I was uh, Barney, Barney Rubble. I was in his suit. And oh. uh, it was the most difficult part-time summer job I ever had. You were at Flintstone Park? Well, Callaway Park was, I guess, branded as a Flintstone-y kind of a deal. We used to go there all the time. We used to drive through. And I, I might have seen, you might have been in the suit. I mean, I might have been. Yeah, you, you were probably like one. Yeah, I mean, what, it was like, what year was this? Uh, it would have been, it would have been 19, I don't even think you were born. It was 1979. Oh, okay. Damn. Cause I was probably there like mid eighties. I was still there in spirit, but putting that freaking suit on, I mean, uh, and peeing like how it, it's like, you have to make sure that you have entirely emptied your body of liquids and yeah. then you put the Barney suit on. 
and you had these straps and we weren't allowed to talk to the kids. No, you can't talk. You have to do the mime. You have to do the mime work. I mean, that's like real. That's where your acting started. I mean, oh. my God, there's so many famous people. Right. That, there are so many famous <laughs> people that have worked at Disneyland as characters. It's really crazy. We have to back up, back up, back up to Disneyland. We talk about food on the show. I want to know what you guys ate. What did Dion eat? What did you eat? What did Zaphire eat? Like, this is important to me. You're going to love this. I had an Impossible Burger. They have vegan <gasps> options at Disneyland. Yeah. I just, uh, why am I getting teary? Why am I got a lump in my throat? You and I would have been sharing Impossible Burgers. I'm telling you. Oh. Now, can you still get a drink at Disneyland? Uh, it's It's alcohol free, isn't it? alcohol free but california adventure which is the park next to is uh they serve liquor they serve liquor but you know what we didn't we don't drink there because you know what you've got the kids you and we're we live in california so you're driving back there's no point i can understand people that are on vacation they're staying there and they just have to walk stumble back to their hotel room but you know when we go we kind of go for the day like it's anaheim right yeah it's like 40 minutes from my house my parents took us there. It was like one of the only trips we ever took. Mom and dad took us to California. I was 15 and it really was exciting. And the Jaws thing was really big. I think they still have that. When you get in the boat, you drive through and the freaking giant shark comes out of the water. Oh, um, yeah. If you're wondering who we're talking to and if you're just joining it, we have Alicia Cuthbert, who is a kick-ass actor and an amazing mom, wife, daughter. And uh, we're just going to be talking to her about a whole bunch of stuff. We're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about liquor when we come back. You're listening to the Jan Arden podcast. It's a world of laughter, a world of tears. It's a world of hopes and a world of fears. There's so much that we share that it's time we're aware. It's a small world after all. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Jan Arden Show. I'm with Alicia Cuthbert. I'm just gonna ask you this right out of the gate. You are considered, and I know this is a weird question, but you are considered a sex symbol. And so I'm just, it's so, it's a strange moniker to kind of wrap your head around. And that's something people have hung on you. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, what is your take on that? How do you digest that kind of information? What does it mean to your life? What, how do you just... Yeah, it changes. It changes as I get older, you know. I think when I was younger and got on those sort of, you know, lists of most beautiful people or whatever, whatever those are. Yeah. I kind of didn't really think much of it. It sort okay. of just felt like another article or another thing that I was a part of in the press. And then, but as I get older and with social media, there's a little bit more pressure on it because I think when I was younger, I was like, Oh, okay. And now I'm like starting to get older and I'm like, are my, you know, people's expectations of me and how they want me to look, um, sort of compile onto that title, which I have to start, you know, I've, I've had to start not sort of caring about it anymore because before it was just sort of like, wow, that's lovely. And now it's, now there's that, that thing of like, well, if I don't look great, you know, you know, people are going to comment on it, you know, I, especially with social media, you know, cause you post something and, you know, I've had people post things and, you know, you, there could be 10 million great comments, but you, you end up seeing the one. Person. Oh, isn't it? But isn't that just how it goes? Justine yeah. Bateman wrote a really interesting article. It was like yeah. an op-ed piece. Yeah. You probably saw it. Uh, Justine Bateman was on Family Ties with uh, Michael J. Fox back in the day. She was really adorable. She she was slim and really beautiful. And, you know, all those things that go with being a young Hollywood, I, I guess, starlet. Absolutely. And her, her piece was about getting older. And when you look at p pictures of Justine, she has... She hasn't done anything to her face. She's no. She's just been so I, natural. Yeah. yeah, I don't think she tweezes her eyebrows. Like, I, I just... But yeah. I... I really reveled in the messaging to people yeah. that are getting older, not only in the industry, but just people in everyday life, teachers, yeah. doctors. I thought it was really cool. And all women and, and a lot of women, you know, for us, we're obviously in the public eye, but even for women that may not be in the public eye, like you said, are looking at people like us as a, um, 
as a reference to, you know, culturally what people should look like. Well, they ain't looking at me. I'll tell you that much. It's well, yeah, I think they do. I think I looked at you. You know, you did that beautiful cover. Um, what was it last year? Was it L or I forget what magazine it was now. But you did that beautiful cover. And was it the black and white photo? Chatelaine? Yeah. Chatelaine, yeah, maybe. Chatelaine. It was so beautiful, but so real and so natural. And I just thought, man, like the just the, the you just so. Um, authentically yourself. And I start looking up to now, you know, a couple years away from 40 to women like you and less like these young girls that are, you know, on social media or. Is it um, worry you getting older, Alicia, in Los Angeles? I mean, you're busy. You, you work constantly pretty much. I, I remember seeing like a, a yeah social media picture of you with your shield, your mask, you were flying across the pond to do a movie in Ireland. Yeah. And I was, and those were early days. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm flying over there. But I mean, I know there's tons of protocols and stuff, but as you move forward, women in your profession talk constantly about you hit 40 and all of a sudden all the parts go away. Yeah. Well, it's not so much that I've been lucky. I mean, the parts are still here and happening. I'm about to go shoot a movie in Atlanta at the end of this month. And like I said, like you said, I just got back from Ireland and did, yeah. I, mean, I was the lead in a really great, um, uh, suspenseful horror I film. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Uh, called the seller, which I'm really excited for people to see, but you know, you know, what changes a little bit is your comfortableness in front of the camera. There's things that I worry about now that I never even had to think about when like I was what? like, what, like what? I think just sort of the way I might position my face in certain, you know, I can't be like, you know, the certain angles, certain ways that I you have don't have a bad angle. Well, we no, well, we don't. We don't need to see like you know three chins. You know, we gotta like you know try to. Sometimes I see four chins on my on, on the Jan show. I'm like, well, there's one. It, I my my neck looks like an accordion, and I've I've kind of gone. You know what? If I, I want to make this work. I have to let I that go. I have to let it go because yeah. listen, you're filming. You, you don't know where the camera is. And when you're, oh. when you're learning all the dialogue, the last thing you can think about is how am I holding my head? How's my shoulder? Yeah. Is, do, do I have my boob fat coming out on the right-hand side? No, you have to worry about the performance first, but you yes. know what? You've got to get really close to your uh, director of photography. <laughs> Your DP who's in charge of lighting. You got to get really friendly with your cameramen. And, you know, I always have a great conversation with them before we start. And they just say, listen, if there's anything that looks like strange or weird or out of place or, you know, uh, give me a heads up. Oh, my God. I had a different technique. I slept. I slept with everybody. And I, that wasn't helpful, <laughs> I guess. I should have called you first. No, you don't have to go that far. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, shoot, Alicia. I mean, that's where your experience comes in. I'm drinking a lot more water. You know, that's another thing. It's like, it's just things like when you get older where it's like, uh, you know, I, it's just things I didn't have to care about or worry about. I don't remember drinking water in my 20s and 30s and 40s. No. Like, I don't, I don't remember having a bottle to go, got to get my 40 quarts in or whatever the hell people are drinking now. No, me too. I'm like, did I make my three liter quota today? Like I, literally I drink like three liters or more a day. And just so that my face looks half decent. Like, I mean, I'm worried about how much salt is in my food. Yeah. You, you, the changing, it, it does change. And you can't even really identify the day. Whenever I talk to other women about that day where you do look back at yourself from the mirror and you're like, what is that? Yeah. All right. How about if I, could say, if I could say anything to younger women that are listening to this going, I don't get it. I would just say too, do not be hard <laughs> on yourself because yeah. if you were under the age of 30, you look really good at where you're at. Cause you're going to look at photographs from that time period that you were hating on yourself. And you're going to look at it and go, man, I look good. Why was I so rough to yeah. myself? Yeah. You look back at photographs. Why did I think my arms were weird? Right. And they're like, they're like perfection. Why did I think my, my eyebrows were odd? Yeah. It, it is something to be said to be in the moment and to be gentle on your spirit. And I think people that are genuinely look more at ease and more comfortable in their skin. You can tell when someone is just not inside of themselves. I, I know I'm sounding like really esoteric right now and I don't mean to, but just that discomfort comes out in weird ways because 
people can kind of, kind of be ornery with you and not really supportive of other women. And that stems from this weird idea of themselves and they just project it on everybody around them. I, I hate that kind of behavior because it's all fear-based. Yeah, it's really, it can be hard, but funny, speaking of the spirit, I just read this morning on like, my tea always has these little quotes on the paper. And one of it was like, when you, when you speak to plants, it's, it's actually speaking to the spirit. I love that. Which is really interesting. Yeah, no, we, we talked about a book um, last week, week before, called Braiding Sweetgrass, which is exactly the life of plants. Wow. And, and speaking to them like they are spirit. I don't know why we always separate the world around us from our physical from selves. We, yeah, we're, we're, all... we're kind of part of it. Exactly. And it's funny, if I wouldn't have been an actress, I would have definitely been um, some sort of florist owner and Ah. I would have been very much connected to flowers and plants. And I find a lot of peace when I'm gardening and I find a lot of peace when I'm around nature and, um, and also, uh, cooking as well, which is around produce and things. So it's, yeah, interesting. Our guest is Alicia Cuthbert. And this segues perfectly. You're listening to the Jan Arden podcast. When we come back, I want to talk about food with you. I want to talk about the plant-based sort of thing that you've been doing this last couple of years, probably. And, um, and, and, and drinking wine at night with your husband, <laughs> you know, and how that's changing. We'll be right oh, back. Boy. Don't go away. I am beautiful. No matter what they say. Welcome back. Alicia Cuthbert is here. Oh my God. I, I just have to quickly tell the story. When I met you that first week, I mean, I was so excited to meet you. We had talked a few times on Instagram, kind of fired messages back and forth, especially when we found out we were Alberta girls and yada, 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 kind of mutual admiration society. Oh my God, Alicia, you had me laughing so hard. And ironically, it was about the podcast that you did with Anna Ferris. Yeah. And, and, and we all love Anna Ferris. I mean, she yes. is such a, a, a brilliant comedic actress and funny as all get out. But yes. you, you just talked about, you know, how fun, how much fun you had. And yeah, I had so much fun. But I was we were laughing about the fact that like she would bring on guests talking about like relationships and their problems and relationships. I'm not a therapist. I'm an actress. <laughs> And here we are, like, telling people about... Let's take our first caller, and Alicia's going to help you today with your divorce. Alicia, we wanted to surprise you today, and here's our... Oh, my God. I was like, okay, here we go. But it was it was a blast. Her podcast is a trip. It's called Unqualified, if you want to check it out. That's and right. in particular, if you want to check out Alicia Cuthbert's episode... Um, you will truly laugh and you'll, you'll hear, you'll hear anyway, I'm, I'm going to leave it there. So yeah, during this whole COVID thing, um, people have been drinking more. And before we went on the air, you were talking, cause of course I was late signing on to my zoom uh, screen here with you guys. You had been talking to, you know, our engineer, Adam, just about alcohol in a time of COVID. And every single person I know, Alicia is, has really stepped up their drinking game and almost without even realizing it. It's not until you put the empties out at the end of every two weeks that you're going, Holy mother of God. Oh, it's embarrassing. I, I, I was like, I was like hiding them from the nanny. Like, God, she's going to think we're nuts. It's like, it, you know, and it's not even so much of like feeling like it's a problem. I mean, I think people, there's a lot of people out there that are probably, it, it has escalated to a problem where, but if you're like, not really a big drinker, I, I just, we, we found ourselves every night sharing bottles of wine going, what, why are we doing this? And that, the only reason I could think of was that we were trying to recreate sort of the bar or the restaurant where we would socialize with people yeah. and we just weren't socializing with any of our friends. We were, it was just the two of us and we were recreating this sort of social atmosphere. And it was like, there was no need to be doing that every single night. It was like hilarious, but you know, I'll tell you, it was really funny. I had to get over this other 
Uh, and I talked to Dak Shepard actually, who's uh, sober yes. as well. Yes. Um, I, you know, we we kind of talked about this too, and he said it's actually very common because I thought I was just nuts. Uh, <laughs> was that when I had my daughter after I gave birth to my daughter, and I was finally finished with breastfeeding after nine months. So it was nine months of carrying and nine months of breastfeeding. I was yep. completely sober, obviously, and um, pretty much all about her and that and, and less about myself and more just about kind of doing all of those things as we, as mothers do. Yeah. Um, I found myself after that breastfeeding situation, I would put her to bed and instantly have to have like a night drink, like a, like a wine or a something, because it was like, I, I created this thing where it was like me time where it was like something adult that I could do that had nothing to do with being a mom. And it was sort of trying to maybe recreate who I was before I had her and not in a bad way. I mean, I sort of dissected this after the fact, yeah. but it was, um, cause I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I having a glass of wine every night at like seven? As soon as I put her down at seven 30, yeah. I'm like, I have to like go downstairs and have a glass of wine. That's who is that? That's not me. And I started to realize, I think it was like a, a part of me trying to find my the old, old Alicia, my like old, life, life before. Yeah. My old self. And, I, and then I, at one point I had to realize it was like, that girl's gone, you know, and there's a new version of yourself that you should embrace and be happy with. Not that I say, not that I don't drink, but I just felt like I had to like, I started seeing this pattern, which is really interesting. And I think COVID has done that too. We're trying to find the people we were prior to this virus, you know, we're trying yeah. to replicate the social aspect that we used to have. Um, but I, you know, I commend you and I think it's so amazing and what a great time to be sober and not have to <laughs> have to go through all that. Well, listen, I, I, I was, I was with you on this. There's so much of what you just said that I can relate to Alicia, because you're talking about putting your daughter down. Well, I'm, I never had the opportunity to be a mom. It'll be like one of those regretful things, probably till the day I die. It's just the way it turned out. Yeah. How I didn't get pregnant in my 20s is a whole other set <laughs> of circumstances. However, no. that's However. not what happened. But anyways, when I was looking after mom with memory loss, the Alzheimer's, especially in those last few years, I, I had help, but I took mom every day that I wasn't on the road from four till eight. So hence my book that I wrote called Feeding My Mother, because it was about these hours and the time that I spent with her that was so difficult and just so frustrating. Yes. But gosh, as soon as I walk mom back over to her night staff, because right. mom and dad's house were 100 yards from my place out here in Springbank. That's right. I had that bottle of wine open faster than you can say. Isn't that wild? Uh, and, and I, you know, as I'm pouring the last drops of the bottle into the glass, yeah. and then my mind has kicked into this place already, I'm going to open another bottle. I'm going to open another bottle. Because now you're drunk. I'm texting and I'm... You know, uh, anyway, my relationship was in shambles at the time, but it was this thing. But I did get to a point where I'm like, I can't do this and function, do my work. And I kind of just recognized it. I mean, but my thing was like a way bigger problem than you and Dion will ever face in your lives. Like I had abused alcohol my entire life, but I've been sober now almost five years. Amazing. And I can't believe how less inhibited I am how more open I am with my feelings. Oh, with yeah. my, I always thought, you know, oh, alcohol, give me a little bit of, it'll, you know, grease me up. And it didn't, it, it made me not authentic. And I don't know about you, but does, if you drink like three glasses of wine, does it wake you up at three o'clock in the morning? No, I go, I get to sleep. Good for you. Did it wake you up? Always. But I never have a good sleep. I never have a real restful sleep. I end up, if I drink three glasses of wine, I will wake up one dehydrated with a headache, but two through the night will grind my teeth. I will definitely grind oh. my teeth or I will be clenching my jaw. I just do not sleep well. There's no way I'm sleeping well. And I haven't, um, I haven't drank in the last like month and I, it just, for you. I, I just feel so much better. I just feel so I'm getting so much more. And it's funny. It wasn't even really, I, I don't personally believe I was really abusing it, but I, it was enough that it was like, you just hit pause. 
you, you, yeah, you wake up a little groggy. My workouts were like painful because I was like, Ugh, I'm like a little bit hung. Like I'm a little hungover. This is just, oh, things, I wasn't doing things great. You know what I mean? I was just doing them. But now I'm like really feeling good. You know? Well, I think hitting the the pause button through COVID is, is, is helpful for all of us. I think I was so. talking, I was talking before we went to air that there are all these statistics with alcohol companies, beer companies, wine companies. Oh. Um, they were worried there for a little while about actually having wine shortages. Um, you know, there's only so many seasons of wine. And I know we walk into liquor stores and we're seeing, you know, oh, there's never, there's a, a never ending supply of wine. Well, actually folks, there really isn't a never ending supply of wines because most vineyards only make so many bottles. They've only got so many plants. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's, it's something, here's the statistic. Um, it's kind of staggering. It's gone up by 170%. I believe that kind of across the board with, with, I guess they call it domestic recreational sales, like not restaurants. Cause obviously they're not open, but for home. Yeah. And, and, and if you talk to any of my friends, I we're all in the same boat. We're all doing, we were all doing the same thing. And how about the drinking and the FaceTime? Cause we can't get together. So we're having <laughs> glasses of wine with FaceTime. I'm like talking to my girlfriend who lives down the street with a glass of wine in my hand with an iPad. And she's down the street doing the same thing, talking to me and she's down the street. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it's madness. Oh my God. The the phone came out when I was drinking and when I was in that peak spot, I just, some of the conversations I had with people, I'd be like, Oh, I just, the next day, sometimes I'd be like, Oh, I, what, what, where did that go? Um, but I just, when we come back, I want to like cheer people on because I'm going to talk about some of the positive things that Alicia has done. And I want to get back to food because I also want to ask you about your school lunches. What were your school lunches like when you were growing up? You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. I'm with Alicia Cuthbert. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Jan Arden Variety Hour. Uh, you've probably missed a lot of the choreography that we've done this show because you can't see it because we're just doing it in our homes, but it's really good. Alicia Cuthbert has been with me today. She's speaking to me from her home in uh, Los Angeles, like uh, greater Los Angeles. Yep. And she went to freaking Disneyland yesterday. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I love your improv. You're so, you have such good improv. Why do you do, where did you learn how to improv? Like, you, I don't get it. From knowing eight songs in yellow knife that the band had to play over and over and over again. Cause we had four sets to do till two in the morning and they're like talking between songs. That's exactly where it came from. Wow. So they can only hear nine to five and uh, cocaine and ZZ top so many times. And then you yes. just have to tell stories. And to do it in front of an audience really gives you the confidence to know what works and what doesn't work. Cause I'm sure things that were, you know, you can sense what's working obviously with an audience right away. So yeah, when I got on your show, I just was like astounded by the fact that you're so incredibly in tuned with your improv work. And I just thought, where does that come from? And that makes total sense now. Because it took me years. I mean, it took me years. You inspired everybody on set. We all just watched your takes. Every single time was slightly <laughs> so different. But you gave, so you gave the director, but you gave the director every single time. And I learned from that. I learned from watching you that week that you were on the show. Awesome. Like she's doing something different every time so that they have choices in edit. They have choices every single time out. But just make sure in that, that the, cause the thing is you want to give them choices, but really it's more about you as the performer. Because what I will say is that it's, it's about make picking things and trying things that you think might work um, that you believe in because you also don't want to give them the option to change your character in, in, in a way that they can edit it in a different way. So yes. I think it's really important to stay do, true to your character, be true to your character within the comforts of that. And sometimes they can go, Oh, that was too big or that was too much. Or, Hey, can you bring it up a bit? There's, there's always room to play there. That's what I like to keep the character consistent, which you, which you naturally do. But in that confined, every new take that they give you, gives you an opportunity to go bigger or smaller, depending on what you've already accomplished or done. Right. So 
Um, but yeah, that's great. I'm glad. Cause I, you know, I really felt like, I think when I first started acting, I always thought every performance and every take had to be perfect and there's no such thing. Oh, and, that's not, and that's not art, you know, but I really would do a lot of homework at home and decide what I really felt was true about that scene or that character. And this is what it needs to be. And there was really no freedom in that. And that's really going back a long time ago. I mean, I, I, I'm glad I evolved quickly, but I mean, now I'm at a point like you saw where it's like, I could care less. I'm going to give this what I want to give it. And then in, if the director is going to be willing to give me an extra take on it, like I'm not going to go and do the same thing over again. I'm going to try something completely different. Well, some, sometimes you get it. Sometimes you get another, you get another chance because they've got technical issues. So, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, we need that again. Cause that, the camera didn't come in right. Or so I'm learning all that stuff too. It's a, it's a learning curve. Um, yeah. Tell me about just what you've been doing as far as food wise, because everyone has these COVID food stories of, of how obviously we're at home. We're not in restaurants. We're cooking more, we're baking. Um, and you've, you and I talked a little bit about being more plant-based like yes. when you were on the show. Um, is that sort of a new thing for you to be going down that road or, and, and what made you shift kind of more into that world? I think it was health reasons. Like I felt like I, my cholesterol was getting a little high and I was like, I think it wasn't crazy, but the doctor was like, what's going on with your diet? And I was like, I guess, yeah, I'm eating a lot of red meat. I mean, I was eating a lot of things. I was feeling really tired um, and sluggish. So I just decided, and then, and then actually now remembering, I watched the documentary about um, veganism. I think it was called the- Was it Forks Over Knives? No, I think it was like something about like the challenge. I know, I know what you, I know what it is. It's on Netflix. Yes, it is. Anyway, it was, uh, oh my gosh, it was, it, it like, then it really hit me where I was like, wow, you can still function and, and, and be a vegan. I just thought, you know, if I don't eat meat, I'm just going to fall over. You know, it was this yeah. weird, weird cultural shift in my head. And I, um, and I went for it the next morning. I, I started completely off, uh, all obviously dairy and, 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 uh, meat products. And yeah, anyway, I felt already that day I had more energy. The show is called the game changers, the game changers. Thank you. And it really is. And it's about athletes and it, it is talking about stamina, strength, building muscle, these myths that we have sort of yeah. been debunking the, the vegan yeah. myths. Is that, you know, you can't be an Olympic athlete and, and eat carrots. Well, there's so much more to it. It's yeah. taken me five years to make sure that I'm, you know, eating all the right things. Trust me, I spent the first freaking year eating spaghetti and corn on the cob. Well, and I, I like that you say that because when I became vegan, I did the same thing. I, I, I didn't know where to start. So I ended up going to Whole Foods and buying all these sort of uh, mock, uh, you know, cheese products and- yep and impossible meats and beyond meats. And, and frankly, I got to the point where, you know, they did, they filled the purpose of what I was trying to substitute. Yeah. But eventually as I got deeper into becoming a vegan, I, I didn't need the substitutes. I didn't even really no. need the cheese or the, the fake cheese or the, or the, or the fake meat. I mean, I, I will occasionally, Me but too. honestly, uh, honestly, I, I found new ways to cook in the, the confines of, of being a vegan, but I will say, so I did, I did vegan for about a year and a half. And just in the last six months, I have incorporated some fish. So I, I have now sort of shifted towards a more, uh, pescatarian diet. Well, well they call it kind of flexitarian. I know that uh, right. Michael J. Fox, I keep talking about Michael J. Fox in this episode, uh, his wife, Tracy Poland. Uh, they have yeah. they they have a really unique way of looking at it, and it's and it is being moderate and sustainable, yeah. and and I think it's the Pollen family table uh, is is part of her cookbook branding. But I really like their philosophy because I think in order to help the world and to help people get healthier and eat healthier, you can't discourage people from not doing something a hundred percent. Like oh. I, I think sometimes veganism, they say it's, it's a way of life. It's not even a way to eat. It's, it's a, it's a living philosophy. I don't find that personally in my, with the way I eat right. and I make missteps, you know, 
sometimes I'll have cheese or someone will yeah. have butter in a dish at their house where I'm eating. And they're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. There's butter. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, no. I'm not going to do that to you. Yeah, exactly. I am also at someone's home for dinner and people have asked me that question and I'm, I can be polite. I can also say no if I want to. I very rarely do because it's not where I'm at in my food journey. Me too. But 95% of the time, I'm on it. Exactly. And I think that's what I, I had to go full extreme for about a year to really get myself in a, in, in a mindset of that. And then I was able to loosen up and, and incorporate, like I said, a little bit of fish um, not care if I end up getting a little bit of like non-vegan butter, uh, served to me. I'm, I'm on the same, I'm on the same wavelength as you. And I think if you are doing some great things, 90% of the time, uh, I think you're doing really good. For people to do swap out and have one or two plant-based meals a week make, has such an impact on animals, the planet, uh, your everything. So I always encourage people, good on you, man. If you're feeding your family, you know, something, you know, a, a meatball product made out of freaking lentils and, you yeah. know, chickpeas, and you're putting that on pasta, hooray, because I think that's really great. Um, school lunches, I'm just, we, I, I usually ask people, what, what did you, you, just in the last 60 seconds, did you, would you have good school lunches? What did you get? What was a typical lunch? Uh, not healthy at all. <laughs> Fruit roll-ups. Wagon wheels. Wag, no, can, uh, Black Forest ham sandwiches with a craft single slice. There you go. On white bread, baby, and uh, lots of butter. And uh, yeah, fruit roll up on the side if I was lucky. Yeah. And yeah, a little chocolate milk, maybe throw that in there too. Hey. Uh, listen, we had some really uh, good, good lunches back in the day. Not, not what the kids are getting now. Not what the kids are getting now. Well, they're getting those Lunchables. Those, you, you take the cellophane off. Anyway, a Adam's giving us the roll-up. All right. Uh, Alicia Cuthbert, you are such a funny. I love you. You're such a funny, <laughs> talented, oh. good-hearted, kind person. And you deserve every ounce of success, every accolade. You are an, a wonderful actor. Can't wait to see what you're doing. And this is the great thing. You're 30 freaking, what, seven years old? 38. <laughs> 38. Okay. She doesn't even lie about her age. 38 years old. And I feel like you are just getting started. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Okay. And you were such a mentor to me and, 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 and have been for, for a long time. So I adore you and thank you for being a part of my life and being, you're stuck with me now. Oh yeah. We're, we're, and, and, we're and you're doing season four, Alicia, please. Like I know COVID yes. has stopped our plans, but we have plans for Liz. Um, you're listening to me and Alicia and we're saying goodbye now. So totally do. So we're back for all of you people listening on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you download your favorite freaking podcasts. Um, <laughs> Alicia and I, and one thing I wanted to ask Alicia about and, and congratulate her about is that she has been nominated for a Canadian Screen Award for the best guest starring a, uh, star in um, a comedy series from the Jan Show. And you seem surprised. I was be like, of course you were. You were fan freaking tastic. Well, it was just something that was completely off of my radar. I wasn't even like, I, I woke up that morning when they announced the nominations and didn't even go through, I hadn't even gotten my coffee yet and I hadn't even gone through emails. And I was like getting all of these notifications from Twitter. Congratulations. I'm like, congratulations for what? I, and then I, I was like, I was like, wait, is this a joke? Is this a joke? And I was like, this is so wonderful. So I was really, um, yeah, pretty, pretty stunned and pretty shocked. And I'm so happy for the girls, the writers on your show and how amazing that is. Well, and how, how is ever are they getting together? What are, what's everyone doing for the actual awards? I don't know. We haven't even spoken about it. I think, you know, we should probably do some kind of a Zoom call as you do. Yeah. You know, put on real pants or, yes. you know, even a skirt with an elastic waist, I think would be so nice for something like that. Um, Let's go. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, what did Anne Murray used to call Spanx? <laughs> Shit. Uh, no, a skank. 
She called them skanks. Oh my God. Anne Murray, Canada's songbird. Yeah, I need to get myself some of those skanks. No, <laughs> Is it because she didn't know that they were called skanks or was that her fun name for them? No, I think she thought they were called skanks. skanks. Which is kind of, <laughs> you know, you do want a skank holding your stomach in. Oh I need to find myself a skank to hold my boobs up. You know what I'm saying? If I don't get that skank to hold this ass up, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh my God. Listen, there's now spanks for men. As there should be. I don't know if it holds their balls up or I don't, I, well, I mean, I, I just, I don't understand what they need. Anyway, congratulations on that. I cannot, I really, I really hope you win. Yeah. You know, you know that, you know, this whole thing too, where it's like, the, the the one that's at the helm, which is you on this show, is really the one that sets the tone and really helps everyone shine. And much like, and we always hear about this in Hollywood, where it's like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio. There's those, there's those, those, those amazing actors that have the ability to let people really shine. Um, like, you know, Tom Cruise. I mean, these guys, these are guys that just sort of they come in and they're never really, they're, they may, they may, the best thing is they may not always be nominated for everything, but everyone else under them gets so much recognition because they make everyone shine. But at the same that. time, and it's so true and everyone knows that in Hollywood and that's so much you on this show right now and this year, but, and eventually they get recognized. But I will say that even though they may not get nominated every single time and they're letting everyone else shine because that's how good they are, they're always the biggest star of the show. No matter what, you don't need an award to prove that. So you are kind of like the Tom Cruise of, of, of Canada. Oh God, I get that so much. It's funny that you bring that up now. You know, a lot of times now I'll say to people, you know, I'll even hear it on the street. Hey, Jan Arden, to, uh, Canada's oh, Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Can I get Cruise a selfie? Canada? And I'm like, yes. Uh, with a, no and with a little sprinkle of Ryan Seacrest, because you're just doing everything. Oh God, but you you have to. I have. I just like doing stuff. I'm not worried about sucking or getting it wrong or screwing it up. No, I just like I right. like trying things, and I love seeing other people trying things, and yep. and just just kind of. There's something exhausting about wanting to get it right all the time. It's yeah, got to be exhausting. Right. Yeah, it, it, yeah, and and you're and you're and it's funny when you're on the set and you're you're on the Jan show and you get on set. And you see everyone laughing and having a good time. And I told you this when I was there. There's only a few shows that I've gotten a chance to get on that have had that dynamic in those atmospheres where you know something special is happening and something the special. The ranch looked really fun. The ranch the looked ranch, really fun. The ranch was a lot of fun. Absolutely. But the, but the ranch had a, had, had, was a little bit different in that we were shooting in front of a live audience. Yeah. So we, had, we had more of a... Um, I would imagine I could equate it more to like when you go out on the road and, uh, you know, you do your yep. shows. Yep. So, um, but when you're filming those long hours, like you guys do when you're shooting a single camera show, it felt like, um, you know, when you're just, you're always, you almost live for that small amount of time that you're there. You're living in this bubble together, really. And no pun intended with COVID, but you are, you're living yeah. in this, in this bubble together and you're spending so much time together and if it's not flowing well, it's a disaster. But when it's flowing right, man, is it magic. So you yeah. really are making magic over there. And uh, I love to pop in and, and, and see it. It's, it's really awesome what you're doing and what everyone's doing. Well, for all you folks listening in the States, um, Jan, season one and season two, Alicia is in season two. She's two. so funny. It's on Hulu. Hulu. So if you're, if you're in the States... Go on to Hulu, like right after you watch uh, A Handmaid's Tale, which is so similar to our show, the storyline. Every time I see Handmaid's Tale, I'm like, are they effing taking our fucking storylines? That's what I think to myself. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can go on and see Alicia's award-winning cameos. Uh, Award-nominated. Award-nominated. Oh, sorry. I, I That was no, Freudian, a, but you know what? Gun. Hey, let's jump the gun a little. Let's put it, let, you know what? We, if we got to put it out there, we got to put it in the universe. There you go. Yeah. I always tell people, they're like, how many Junos have you won, Jan? And I'm like, well, let's put it this way. I've only lost 17 times. <laughs> <laughs> and I sort of leave it up to them. They're like, ah, uh, just sort of that one eye sort of shuts. And I'm like, that's not really what I asked you, but I'm like, well, that's, you know, I've only 17, lost 17, 17 times. nominations. Well, no, I've, I've won. 
I've won eight, but I have lost 17 times. So I've wow. been nominated like 24. Yes. Wow. It's great to lose. I don't mind losing. That is unbelievable. Wow. And I've lost to some good people. Oh, I'm sure. I'm I've sure. It is so awesome to lose to really excellent people. Where, where do you put the eight? Where are the eight? They're in my, they're in my, uh, well, I'll show you. You know, because we, we can walk in there. We can, we'll just walk in there. Let me just show you where I, where I keep them. I mean, where do you put, do you, do you have all eight together? Or do you have them like ones in the bathroom, ones in the, no, you have all eight together. <laughs> Yes, there they are. on top of your beautiful piano. So, so those are the older ones, those triangular ones, and then they came. Oh, that's up. only six. Okay. Then okay. they then they came up with these. Whoa! Ones, which oh, are a little wow. Different looking, and this year, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't want to brag or anything, but I'm being inducted into the Canadian no. Music Hall of Fame because I'm an older woman, and they're when just is... grateful I'm still alive. Wait, Apparently, when is that? when's that? Uh, it's the Junos are. Who knows? I don't know any of these I details. Like I gotta things. be there. I gotta see that. That's so historic. Um, but of course, wow. it's all virtual. But um, apparently, uh, for this, because it's the 50th year of the Junos, they're putting the um, the that one is going inside of the triangular one, so it's a double whammy combo. Whoa! That is madness. So the little the dude wrapped in silver. Scarving is, is going to be sunk inside the resin of the triangular one. Whoa! Oh my gosh, that is going to weigh a ton. But I'm, uh, yeah, I was supposed to be put in last year, but it got canceled. But I hope they finally give me the goddamn thing <laughs> so that I can, you know, because if this keeps going on, uh, amazing. Anyway, you, you deserve to be honored two years in a row, though. You see how things work out? Yes, That's exactly what it was all about. Exactly. But uh, yeah, 50 years of the Junos. So it's, it's really great to celebrate new music. And I am, I, I need to get into the internet and discover all these new artists, all these new Canadian artists. Did you end up checking out Nightfall with by, um, oh, that country band that I sent you? Yes. Did you love their album? Really great. Yes. Let's oh give them a plug, Nightfall. Yes. Yeah, Nightfall, but it was, um, oh God, hang on. <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong with my brain? It's your sobriety. It's screwing you over. Little Big Town. There was too many words in there. I couldn't, I, and I'm dyslexic. Oh, I, I know. Little, little, little Big Town. Little Town. It's Little Big Town. Little Big Town, Nightfall. Love that album. I thought you might like it because I feel like. No, it's, it was beautiful record. Beautiful record. Well, um, listen, I'm going to let you go on okay. your day, but this is, this is our bonus content. Bonus. Um, you are just the best and let's do this again. Like if you're yes. feeling like you want to just chat about when you guys go to universal studios next, or when you're going to the Knott's Berry farm and we're all just sitting up here. Legoland. When I'm oh, all great. All right. I'll let you know. I'll keep you posted on my music park. I'll just, well, fine. I'm going to go to Callaway Park and see if they still got my Fred Flintstone outfit. So there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You and I should go there for a fun segment or something. We should just, you and I go. I, I think Liz and uh, TV Jan need to go to Callaway Park. Oh, yeah. To just. Uh, oh, gosh. I, I don't would, know. Do I something. Would die. I would die. I would be all okay. over that. We're on it. Okay. Okay, darling. I'll talk to you soon. Yes. Thank you so much. Look after yourself and say yeah. hi to, to Dion and beautiful Sapphire for me. I will. I will. Thank you both. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. Totally do everybody. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.